you quiet? Would you please? Gracious and merciful Heavenly Father, what we acknowledge that we, we are looking at the answers to the burning question they were asking. Their question was, should they continue the uh, fast in the fifth month? And really they had a question about the other connected fasts. This was a fast that uh, was established in memory of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. Now that the temple was being rebuilt, the question is, should they continue the fast for the temple? And God answers that, and he answers that, and he answers that, and he answers it. He's got a lot of answer to that question that really enables him to talk about several points he wants to make. The first answer to the question in chapter 7, verses 4 to 7, is that they weren't really observing the fast for God anyway, so it didn't really matter. The second answer in 8 to 14 is that the reason the temple was destroyed and all those calamities occurred is because they didn't listen to the former prophets. So this generation needs to repent and do what's right so similar things don't happen on their watch. Now we've come to the third answer. Uh, so we're going to break that in a couple of parts, but uh, would somebody read chapter 8, verses 1 to 8? And the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus says the Lord, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with staff and hand, because of great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If it is marvelous in the sight of the remnant of this people in those days, should it also be marvelous in my sight, declares the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country. And I will bring them to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And they shall be my people. And I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. Alright, God talks about how he's going to bless his people again. He cares about them. He's going to come back and dwell with them. Jerusalem will be the city of truth. The mountain of the Lord will be the holy mountain. So God's going to be with them. He's going to dwell with them. Again, go back to Ezekiel chapter 8 uh, through 11. Ah, yes, thank you. There we go. Thank you. Uh, Ezekiel 8 through 11, and we'll see the idea that God left them because of their wickedness. And now he's saying he's going to come back. His glory will fill them again. He, uh, he talks about what would happen because he'd be with them. Verses 4 and 5, the old men and old women will sit in the streets. The boys and girl, girls will play in the streets. What does that show you about Jerusalem? Safety, Safety security. You know, when I moved to Brazil, we lived near the city of Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo is a city of 20 million, nearly that many then, all kinds of crime. At night, you didn't see anyone walking relaxed in, in Sao Paulo. If they were walking, they had a mission. 
and they were getting there. You know, I remember times when I would walk in the middle of the street just to stay away from dark corners and things like that. But I remember I hadn't been there that many, that long. When there was a, a church that asked me to preach there, a small town, maybe two or three hours from there, maybe a town of, I don't know, 10,000 or something like that. And, and after the service one night, we drove through the town square. It was incredible. Families, women, children, whatever, just ambling along, just walking slowly, calmly. You know, we were just standing around. It's like, wow, this is so different. Nobody did that in Sao Paulo, not at night. You know, and it was the security. They were safe. They didn't have to worry about it. So that's the idea of this. And uh, God says, you know, if this is too difficult for you, remember, it's not going to be too difficult for me. <laughs> You know, the, dip, the things that seem overwhelming to us are our child's play for God. And he says in verse 7 and 8, I'll save my people from the east, from the west, and bring them back to live in Jerusalem. Now, I think all of this is primarily messianic. I think we're primarily saying that in Christ, God will dwell with us. He will provide us safety and security. He'll bring us to him and he'll bless us. You know, think about the idea of the spiritual Jerusalem from passages like Galatians 4, the Hagar-Sarah analogy, and uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and so forth. And so I think these are the blessings through Christ that God will bring. Now, what he's really saying in this, then, is that the fasting is not going to be appropriate because God's going to bless his people again. Look at all the wonderful things he's going to do for us. Comments and questions. Yes, Marshall. In the past, when it's talked about the different nations, it's always said north and south. Is because this is potentially messing up that it's east and west? I think it just happens to be east and west. I, I don't know if there's really any significance because sometimes you'll have north, south, east, and west. I, I suspect it's just a variation of an addition. So, verse 6 is too difficult in my primary text, but in the margin it says wonderful. I don't, you know, those two things don't sound similar to me, so comment. Or well, if it's too wonderful, it's like it's just, it's too overwhelming to be done. I think it's the same idea. So if it's too wonderful, it's too difficult. It's, it's too difficult, yeah. Right. yeah. Other thoughts? Just the, that same word is used with Abraham and Sarah regarding Isaac beforehand. It's used a lot of other contexts as well. Very good, thank you. Okay. Uh, 9 to uh, 17. Thus says the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong. You have been hearing these words, these words by the mouth of the prophets. We spoke in the day the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord of hosts, that the temple might be built. For before these days there were no wages for man, nor any hire for beasts. There was no peace from the enemy for whoever went out or came in. For I set all men, everyone, against his neighbor. But now I will not treat the remnant of this people as in the former days, says the Lord of hosts. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give its fruit, the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these. It shall come to pass that just as you were a curse among the nations, the house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you, and you shall be a blessing. Do not fear, let your hands be strong. 
And thus says the Lord of hosts, just as I determined to punish you, when your fathers provoked me to wrath, says the Lord of hosts, and I would not relent. So again, in these days, I am determined to do good to Jerusalem, to the house of Judah. Do not fear. These are the things you shall do. Speak each man the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, justice, and peace. Let none of you think evil in your heart against your neighbor, and do not love a false oath. For all these are things that I hate, says the Lord. Basically, he's saying everything gets reversed. You know, it's going to be totally different. Before, verse 10, economic depression, threat from their enemies, internal division, but now it's, he's not going to treat them like he did before. Now the, there's uh, prosperity, the abundant uh, crops, and uh, just like they were a curse, now they're going to be a blessing. Uh, before he had made up his mind to harm them, to punish them, he said that's what he was going to do, and he did it. Now he's determined to bless them. He said that's what he's going to do. You can count on him, count on him to do it. You know, one of the things that makes it encouraging when God promises to bless is every time God promised to punish, he did it. You know, so he's always reliable to his word, whichever way he goes. Now he's saying, I'll bless you. Particularly think about the fact that they started rebuilding the temple. They're turning back to the Lord. So he makes a commitment, I'll be with you, I'll bless you. Things will go well. Now here's what you need to do, though. Verses 16 and 17. Be honest. Judge with truth. You know, don't devise evil against others. Don't, uh, don't lie. He says, these are the things I hate. You know, don't think of these uh, moral requirements as arbitrary. You know, it wasn't just like God took out of a hat and said, okay, I'm going to tell him not to steal. Okay, I'll tell him not to lie. No, it's all based on his character, on his will. He hates those things, so that's why he prohibits them. You know, what God wants us to do and to be is based upon who he is and how he is, on his nature. But basically, all of this, from 1 to 17... God's going to bless his people again. The fast that reminded them of his judgments were going to be obsolete because they're going to be in a time of blessing, especially looking forward to the coming of Christ. Comments and thoughts? Well, just to go on with what you said, don't you love how the Old Testament reveals God's personality? Yes. He hates this, he's angry with that, but yet he's compassionate, he's merciful over these people. This is great great for us that this that this has been saved for us to we want to be godlike this is it here's his personality god's very open with us in ways that you wouldn't think a god would be that's true you know you would almost expect a god just to give you the orders yeah. you know kind of like uh you know if you were maybe a uh, slave you know you'd expect your master just to say okay here's the things to do here's what you, here's how you do here's what you do you know, but you wouldn't expect him to tell you how he felt about things. Or maybe even why he wanted you to do it. You know, you just get a list of orders. That's what you did. But God has opened his heart up to us. He, not, he doesn't just tell us what to do. He explains why. He explains how he feels about it. He's very open with us, even about his emotions. That is a tremendous blessing. It's a very good one. Other thoughts? Well, the bottom line answer, which is really the best one in some ways, 18 to 23. Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, the fast of the four months, of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth month, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth, shall be joy and gladness and cheerful feasts for the house of Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Peoples shall yet come, inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us continue to go and pray before the Lord, and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will also go. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem, and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from every language of all nation, uh, of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Well, look at verse 19. What's going to happen to these fasts? They're going to change from weeping to, to laughter. Yes, the fasts will become feasts. Because God is blessing them now, these occasions of grief are going to be great celebrations. That's God's final answer. There's not going to be a purpose for the fact. It's going to be all celebration. It's going to be joy. That, that's what God's promising to do for his people. He says it will yet be that peoples will come. Even the inhabitants of many cities, the inhabitants of one will go to another saying, let's go and treat the favor of the Lord. Everybody starts uh, evangelizing each other. That's kind of an amazing thing. These people who are coming to the Lord, inviting others who are coming, let's all go. Let's, let's join together and, and seek the Lord together. He says, many peoples and mighty nations will come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and entreat the favor of the Lord. Amazing again. What an amazing thing that, that these many peoples, these mighty nations, would come to seek the Lord and entreat his favor. He said ten men from all the nations will grasp the garment of a Jew. You know, you have the idea of just like, you know, grab it and say, we want to come. We've heard God is with you. You know, that really is what God had intended from the very beginning for his people, that they would be a blessing, that in them the nations of the earth would be blessed, ultimately in Christ. But even in that family, that race, that's what God wanted. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you remember how in uh, verse 25, uh, verse 24 and 25, but if all prophesied and an unbeliever and ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all, he's called to account by all, the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. I mean, the goal of our life is for people to see God is with us and want to, through us, find the Lord. And so that's what he's saying here, is that people are going to come through you to God. This is going to be a whole different picture. Before it was the, the many nations and the mighty peoples that were congregated together to destroy them. Now they come and seek them to find the Lord. Of course, the ultimate fulfillment of that is seeking uh, God through a Jew, Jesus Christ. Uh, but I think we are his representatives. And the idea is that people through God's people will come to him. It's amazing how much God can put into a simple question about fasting. You know, they ask, should we keep this fast? And by the time we've gotten through with this chapter, wow, 
he is in two chapters. He's really taught us a lot. It's encouraging to see uh, that that there's great hope and blessings in the future for God's people because these prophets who may not have known what they were writing about were really writing about us. First Peter chapter one, verse ten and twelve. Thoughts and comments about all of this in seven and eight. My phrase that comes to my mind is uh, the gods of Abel bring about such a great reversal. I mean, from one end of despair, fasting, and grief, and mourning to, to, uh, to the other extreme of that, and bringing even nations that have been hostile to God uh, into his presence, searching for him, hungry for him, so that and God can do that for us. He's a God that can bring about tremendous reversal. Amen. Excellent. Uh, early, early you mentioned that the fast were not required of God's law. Would these feasts would the feast become required of God's law? Well, I don't know that that's even his point here. I think the point is they're going to want to celebrate. Okay. I think that's that's more the idea. It's just going to be swallowed up in these joyous occasions. Yes, no. You mentioned that the Jewish nation was supposed to be an example and a leader to other nations to bring them to God. But we see in their history that they became influenced and drawn away into idolatry and other things. And if that is analogous to us as well, we are to be, to be leaders and examples to others that too often we get influenced by the way we draw and draw away by the way. Exactly. Yeah, we, we've got to be careful that the name of God is not blasphemed among the Gentiles through our lives, but rather that we have to warn the gospel of Christ. Marshall? Yeah, kind of living up the norms, uh, I think, in verse 23, you know, the, the idea that they're, you know, they're grasping hold, that's a, it's a really strong type of phrase to say, you know, it's not just a, you know, oh, you know, you may be interested in God, I, th- I know I can see God in you, and they're kind of apprehensive. They're, they're grasping hold because they, they desire it so badly. They can see it so strongly through this people. So, you know, not being influenced by the world too much. Where you know, they have some influence, but not, not as strong as they should have, not be set apart as much. Yeah, we, we, we're in the world, but not of Other thoughts? But we come to chapter.